The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Providing insight and resources for your spiritual journey. Unity Online Radio. Welcome to Spirit of Recovery, where spirituality and recovery meet with Rev. Anna Schaus, Ph.D. From Soul Matters Ministry in Olympia, Washington. Now, here's your host, Rev. Anna Schaus. Welcome to the Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet, where we support your spiritual growth in recovery. My name is Anna Schaus, and I'm your host, and I'm glad that you're listening with us today. We're very glad that you have joined us here on the Spirit of Recovery. And I want to thank you also for participating by posting on the Spirit of Recovery Facebook page and liking Spirit of Recovery on Facebook. And also thanks for your emails. It's great to get your emails to hear how it's going for you and your recovery and to uh, see what you're up to in your life. And so we appreciate that. Thanks for staying in touch with us. And we're also very glad that you're letting your friends, the people in your recovery community, the people in your unity community and other spiritual communities that you participate in know about the spirit of recovery because I just love having the opportunity to bring you great guests and to broadcast on the topic of recovery and spirituality here on Unity Online Radio. And, of course, you know that you can listen to Unity Online Radio and Spirit of Recovery or any of the other great programs on Unity Online Radio in a variety of ways. Certainly through your computer, you can also listen on um, any of your mobile listening devices. And you can listen to archives 24-7 by going to www.unityonlineradio.org and slash program slash spirit of recovery. And so you can listen to archives 24-7. We've got lots of great shows archived there on the website. Every week we talk about topics that are important to the recovery community. We have guests who are down to earth, knowledgeable and innovative. Our guests are always people who are either in recovery themselves, who work with or write for recovering people, people who are walking the talk and sometimes all three of those characteristics, but they're always people who are walking the talk, who are down to earth, and who bring you practical information that you can use and lively discussions that get you thinking. The spirit of recovery is a welcoming place, and so if you're a person who's in recovery from any kind of an addiction, or if you're a family member that's in your own recovery as a family member, or a family member or friend of someone with the disease of addiction, whether or not you or they are in a recovery process, or simply if you're curious about recovery and looking for information, we welcome you here on the spirit of recovery and welcome your participation in our discussions. Again, my name is Anna Schaus, and I'm your Spirit of Recovery host. I'm a unity minister and an addictions counselor. I'm also a person who has in my own circle of love and friendship many people with the disease of addiction. And years ago, those relationships got me started on an active path of personal growth and recovery. And the 12 steps and unity are important guiding principles that keep me richly growing and keep me transforming and keep me opening up to understanding and uh, living in the grace of my higher power in new ways every day. So I am grateful and delighted to have the opportunity to share these ideas with you and to bring you wonderful guests. Today, our program is Grace, Mercy, and Transformation, the Healing Power of Steps 6 and 7 of the 12 Steps. 
We know that active addiction, whether or not we're the afflicted or the affected, meaning the person that has the substance uh, or behavioral end of an addiction or the family member or friends uh, that have our own issues, when we are in that friendship or family circle uh, with active addiction, that we're going to be talking about how when we're affected by addiction that we are certainly brought face-to-face with the rawest places in our lives with some pretty deep pain. And recovery means accepting that uh, the grace of our higher power, the mercy of that really is the foundation of this universe is a lot bigger even than any of the greatest pain that we can be in. And the 12 steps, and in particular today we'll be focusing on those steps 6 and 7, are really important part of recovery and accessing that grace and that mercy for the uh, gift of transformation, for living the lives that we are meant to live. We're, we have a very special guest with us here today. My guest is Bob A., And Bob is a person who's worked in the addiction treatment field for more than 25 years. He's held a variety of roles, um, but his commitment to help the addict who still suffers has remained constant. Bob uh, has earned a master's degree from the Hazelden Graduate School of Addiction Studies, and he is a licensed alcohol and drug counselor in Minnesota. And Bob has a very special interest in helping those who have a dual diagnosis of hepatitis C and addiction. And he has designed and implemented a treatment track for those that do have that dual diagnosis. In addition to his clinical work in the past, Bob has also been involved with development and fundraising and supporting uh, those people who are in recovery, and uh, he works to fund patient scholarships and program expansion, and he's done that at several treatment centers. He and his wife, Joanne, recently moved from Minnesota to Philadelphia, and he's enjoying the drivers there. He may share with us about that a little bit. It's different than Minnesota nice, and uh, he's also enjoying hoagies, cheesesteaks, and baked pretzels. So uh, we're grateful to have Bob. He shares a lot um, uh about the 12 steps with uh, nonprofits, with churches, with school groups, and with those treatment centers that are underfunded. And uh, Bob is a very, very generous person. So, Bob, welcome to the Spirit of Recovery. We're really glad that you're with us today. Thank you. It's good to be here. All right. So, I know, uh, Bob, that you do love the 12 steps and that uh, you live them in your own life. I know that you love to share about them. And um, tell us a little bit about those. Uh, re- you're going to share with us today about step six and seven, and about the the grace and mercy of of this recovery process. But what's the foundation of those? How do you get there? Six and seven are down the road, and uh, and we'll say what they are a little bit. Everybody may not know exactly what they are, but you can't just hop into the middle of those That's right. steps. I do. I so believe in that, but first I need to qualify a few things. Number one, I'm not an expert. Um, if you ask a hundred people in a 12-step program what steps six and seven are, I think you'd get 99 different answers. Mm-hmm. Um, and on that note, I don't resent or I don't represent AA or any other 12-step program. Um, and, and I have to admit, too, that nothing I'm going to say today is an original thought. What I've done is kind of collected information along the way. I've had some good mentors. Uh, there's a couple guys named Bob and Bill. There's a couple guys named Joe and Charlie and some other people. And just going into the rooms has equipped me to the point where I, I like to share this. So, so let's start with that. Okay, that sounds good. And, you know, I love what you're saying because what you just said is, is really a big part of the recovery process, um, which is pretty unique uh, in the world. That, it, that I mean, we come to a recovery program, obviously, as who we are. We have a personality. There's nothing wrong with that. And yet what we know is that what we can bring and what we get out of it is really bigger than any personality, and it's not about... It's not about personality. It's not about somebody having the answers or whatever. It's about the group, about people getting together and putting it, sharing our piece of the puzzle. So thanks thanks for starting us off like that. All right. And I'll add one more thing to that. Okay. When I talk about the steps, I use the word God. 
And that's just from my uh, worldview and my beliefs. And if there's anybody out there that wants to convert that to higher power or great spirit, whatever it is that helps you to, to come forward and through the change process, uh, please switch it to that. Great. Yeah, thank you. And that's another, you know, really important point that you just bring up about recovery, that it, it really is God or higher power, however we want to name it or how we understand it. And I love that because it it leaves a lot of room. It doesn't, doesn't uh, exclude anybody. So thanks for bringing that up. That's really important. That's a big deal. It's a really big it deal. Is. Yeah, mm-hmm. it is for me. If I were to come into to a 12-step program and I had to experience somebody else's God, I certainly wouldn't be here today. So, so just to lay down the background, I believe and I've been taught that in order to, to work a step, you need to take a look at the steps that led you up to that step. And, and I'll make this real short and sweet, and hopefully I won't overcomplicate it or simplify it. Um, we start with step one, and that's where we identify the problem. And, of course, that problem is no power. That brings us to step two, that there is a power and there is a source of strength, both internally and externally, that can help us move from that problem into the solution or from no power to power. And um, those are key, key steps, as all the steps are key, to move towards making the decision to allow change by doing things not the way you used to do them and by going out of yourself, outside of yourself, whether it's your 12-step group, whether it's your God, whether it's a spiritual mentor, but taking those resources and make a decision to, to let all of those help bring around the person you would like to be. So we're at step three. The other thing about step three we get the information to make that decision in steps one and two. And, and the powerlessness, the unmanageability, there is a power. At, at step three, we have to ask ourselves, do I really want to change? And if the answer is yes, then we go down and uh, do the fourth step, which, which is basically taking a look at some of the things that have stood between us and God or us and our family and take a look at uh, how the character defects that we have played themselves out in our God-given natural instincts that have run amok. And in other words, we're basically making a, a list of what needs to change and what needs to change are the character defects. Are you with me or am I losing you? No, that's good. That's good. Okay. And yeah. then when we get to step five, we share with God, we share with another human being the things that need to change. It's pretty much that simple, which I think that before we go on to six, there are some good promises in the big book that come after we're done with step five. And, and everyone talks about uh, the other promises, but there's some great promises in the big book that start to happen for us, and they're, they're spiritual in nature. But what I want to talk about kind of goes a little bit against that, is that to this point, we've realized that things have to change, that, that our thinking needs to change, our, our behavior needs to change. But even after you're done with the fifth step, you may have experienced some relief um, and some benefit. You're starting to feel better because you're not abusing drugs anymore or, or alcohol. But when you really take a look at what's changed, I would suggest that it's very little at this point. Hmm. Tell us more about that. And, and for family members, what changes is, is that you begin to detach a little more. You begin to see how you've been participating in the 
the problem of the disease, I would say, when you, once you get through step five. So tell us some more about that, Bob, about why very little. I mean, we've done a lot of work there if you go one through five, but you're right. There hadn't, a lot hasn't exactly changed. Can you tell us more about that? Yeah, and, and I've read in some literature, I think it's probably AA literature, that step six and seven is where the change starts. That's where the rubber hits the road, as they say. And, and they have a, a bad way of saying it in the 12 by 12. It says where it separates the men from the boys. And I don't think any of us like to talk that way these days. No, they they wrote a lot. The, the truth in there, the spirituality is still right on, but sometimes the language is a little, little antique. Oh, but, yeah. Absolutely. So, so we take a look at steps six and seven, and, and I think the beauty of six and seven, we've done most of the work on step six. I'm going to back up a little bit. There's two ways that I see of working steps six and seven. And would you, tell, would you tell us what six and seven are um, so we're clear about that before we go forward? Absolutely. What is six? Hold on. Just, six is we become entirely ready to have God remove these defects of character, and seven is humbly ask him to remove our shortcomings. Okay. And the way that is laid out, a lot of people read those steps and they go, okay, I'm ready, okay, I'll ask them. And then they just jump on over to working on their inventory. And a lot of people call steps six and seven, uh, they're called uh, the jumped over steps because there's so little written about it in the big book. And there's only half a page that's dedicated to steps six and seven, which I've always found fascinating because if, indeed, step six and seven is where change takes place, there's not a whole lot of content. And I think, I think when the writers of the big book wrote that and gave it such limited space, that, that they assumed that by this time you're really ready to have God remove your defects of character and to be ready to do so. And so I just find that interesting. Another approach to step six and seven is to look at them in a circular experience instead of a linear experience. And when I say linear, I'm talking about the, uh, the process that goes from one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, and to do them in order and to do them the way the big book says to do them. Um, that is the way that I totally believe in. But there's another perspective on step six and seven, and that's where you can basically start to use them right now today, no matter what step you're on. Mm-hmm. How does that work? Well, I firmly believe that that we need to follow the uh, directions in the big book. And it says that after step five, we, you know, when we admit to God another person what needs to change, we, we go away for an hour and we reflect on, have we done what we needed to do? Was I thorough? Did, did I get to the core? Did I really share? And did I become vulnerable to God and somebody else? What needs to change? And, and if you can do that, um, we look at step six, which is about emphasizing willingness um, as being the key. And if you take a look at step six in the big book, you just ask yourself a couple of questions. There okay. are key Hold questions. that thought. It's time for our break. We'll be right back. And listeners, stay with us. We're going to be right back talking about grace, mercy, and transformation with my guest, Bob A. Stay with us. Our goal at Unity Online Radio is to continue expanding our spiritual programming and growing our listening audience. To help us become an ever stronger voice in today's world, we ask for your support. 
please visit www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now. Thank you. Do you sometimes feel as though the door to happiness has closed and there's no other door in sight? In her book, Ask Yourself This, Unity Minister Wendy Craig Purcell reminds us that Everything happens for a reason. We've all experienced situations which felt like anything but good. We may have lost our job or gone through a divorce or experienced some other dark night of the soul. Yet those very experiences, when met spiritually, can lead us to a much greater good. The lost job can be what finally motivates us to discover the work that truly feeds our soul. The ending of a marriage can trigger us to do the emotional healing and personal growth work we've been avoiding for years. Every one of us can look back at negative or painful experiences in our lives and say that they turned out to be the best, worst things that ever happened to us. For more insight from Wendy Craig Purcell, read Ask Yourself This from Unity House Books. If you're focused on getting the right answers, Ask Yourself This emphasizes the importance of asking the right questions. Order your copy today at www.unity.org. Are you tired of life slamming the door in your face? Did you get another rejection letter, pink slip, foreclosure notice, or go on yet another bad date? Does it seem like the older you get, the more hopeless life seems? Are you ready to stop taking no as your final answer? Then join us for Design Your Life, a talk show by Kevin Cottrell Ross, the coach's coach. Go into the locker room for one full hour with the championship coach every week and start designing your winning playbook that will make the rest of your life the best of your life. That's Design Your Life with Kevin Cottrell Ross, the coach's coach, Wednesdays at 4 p.m. Central Time on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. listening to Spirit of Recovery with Reverend Anna Schaus and her guest. If you have a question or comment or experience with today's topic that you'd like to share, call us now at 888-55-UNITY. That's 888-558-6489. Call now or email us at spiritofrecovery at unityonlineradio.org. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to Spirit of Recovery. We're very glad that you're listening with us today. And if you're just joining us, our topic is Grace, Mercy, and Transformation, the Healing Power of Steps 6 and 7. And I've got my guest, Bob A., here, who has uh, more than 25 years' experience in the addiction treatment field, who uh, has done a lot of work in that field in a lot of areas. He has a particular interest in those that have the dual diagnosis of hepatitis C and addiction, and he's designed and implemented a treatment track for those people with that dual diagnosis. And Bob also uh, volunteers generously to speak and provide education on addiction and the 12 steps um, at schools, churches, uh, underfunded treatment centers, and other nonprofit venues. And so we're really glad that Bob is with us today and sharing about steps six and seven. But before I get back to my conversation with Bob about grace, mercy, and transformation, I invite you to join me for the Serenity Minute, for a moment to relax, to let go, to take a breath, and to share with me a constructive idea, and then a moment in the quiet, and open up your heart and mind to that presence of your higher power as you understand it. So I invite you to take a moment with me to relax, to breathe, to allow your mind to open, and share with me this constructive idea. I let the love of my higher power into the deepest, most difficult places in my life, and I experience acceptance and healing. I let the love of my higher power 
into the deepest, most difficult places in my life, and I experience acceptance and healing. And now we take a moment in the quiet. for joining me in the Serenity Minute and I trust that this experience was an opportunity for you to relax and to open up to that presence of your higher power that is always in your life. And now I'm back to my conversation with my guest, Bob A. And we're talking about grace, mercy, and transformation, the healing power of steps six and seven. And so Bob uh, before the break, you were talking with us about uh, that process of six and seven, about uh, working the steps uh, as the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous uh, talks about, and um, about this idea of uh, how really very little is written on six and seven, these, these steps where we become ready and then we ask our higher power to remove these defects of character. And um, you were telling us some ideas about how you can do it, you know, like that, kind of you do the steps. And also you, in a sort of straight linear fashion, and also you were talking about the idea of doing six and seven at any point in your process of, of working the steps. So how does, how does that go? How do you do that? Well, I'm going to back up just one second because when you look at the wording of the two steps, and I'll repeat them, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. And seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. By the wording of those steps, there's an implication that we cannot remove these defects of character. If we coulda, we woulda. And that the only way we can move towards having them removed is through a power greater than ourselves. And I think that's lost. It was lost on me for years. But when you really take a look at all the steps of AH and 6 and 7 is no exception. It's to reduce our proportion of pride and increase the proportion of humility that we need for spiritual growth. Uh, does that make sense to you, Anne? Sure, it does. Yeah, it, it, it does. It's like that. It, it always seems like a paradox uh, to me that on the one hand, we really of course, need to have real self-esteem. Um, and that that's really different from a, an arrogant kind of pride. So it, it's like we have to find that balance or find somehow how that works. Yeah. Yeah. So once we start to ask those questions that are in the big book on page 76, and I'll put some of those out for you. Sure. Are we now ready to let... God, remove from us the things that we have admitted are objectionable. Can he take them all, every one of them? If we still cling to something we will not let go, we ask God to help us to be willing. And once again, you're going to God, you're going to God. And uh, one thing that I would encourage somebody to do, if, if, if they lack willingness, to have God remove the defects of character, I would encourage them to go back to their work in step four where their character defects are identified and take each one of those and write, how have these character defects been working for me and how have these been working against me? And I think by doing that, it will tip the decision balance in to the point where they're going to become willing to have change take place. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I know um, that it can feel like sometimes uh, that if if these things are removed, these things we've identified, sometimes they can feel like so much a part of our personality 
that it's like, well, if that's gone, I'm going to be like Swiss cheese. What's going to, you know, it's going to be a big hole. It's like, what's, who am I without it, you know? Exactly. And I think we all have kind of struggled with that. But if you really think about it, God's going to remove them on his time schedule, and, and he's going to remove them when you're ready to let go of them. And, and, but, but, but God's pretty wise in that area, and I think part of this whole 12-step recovery is to trust that, that your higher power or that God is going to bring you through. Um, I'm a believer that we can trust in God, that God is faithful, and that the spirit of love universally that is about God can help us to get through this. Right. And and I know that you're you know that that's really a key idea for you, Bob, is that that this is a universe that's full of mercy and grace and love and uh you have a really interesting thought about mercy and and grace and about how those work in our lives. Could you share some about those ideas? Yes, I will. Um, I actually lost my notes on that, but we'll see if I can pull it out of my memory. I've, I've heard grace as described as when we get more than we deserve, or that, that, that grace is when something is bestowed upon us that, that we didn't earn. And the whole concept of grace, and, and, and this is really hard, it's hard to receive grace. And I think a lot of people in recovery have experienced shame-based uh, feelings, thinking, and behavior. But that, I think that poses a challenge, and it blocks us from experiencing grace ourselves. The other thing I believe on grace is that it's hard sometimes to bestow grace on another person, especially when it comes to people that we have uh, resentments on with or institutions we have resentments about. But I think uh, grace is an avenue we can take to help get rid of or to, to help God to, to re- remove from um, us. So. And then mercy, I heard that uh, described as when we don't get what we deserve. So, so grace is when we get more than we deserve, and mercy is when we, we don't get, get what we deserve. Does that make sense to you, Anna? It does, yeah. It's like, um, it, it, I guess how I look at it is like there's more in, the, uh, uh, more in this universe and more in my higher powers world than me pulling myself up by my bootstraps. Absolutely, and I think that that how whatever we call higher power, whether it's God, Buddha, uh, Great Spirit, that 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 force or that uh, deity or whatever it is for you wants to bestow uh, grace on us. He wants to provide mercy, and, and I'm going to go back to my worldview and believe he is he is your father. You, I am his son. And as a father would want to give something to his son or his daughter, I think that's what higher power um, would like in our relationship. But but I kind of get off off uh, I kind of get off track on that a little bit. No, that's good. What else do you have about that? I love it. That's good stuff. Well, that's about it. Except it's hard to receive them, and I think we need help. From, from people, we need help from sometimes um, a professional, a psychologist, psychiatrist, um, and to really get, be, to, to be able to receive mercy and grace, we need to uh, pocket our pride because there's a degree of humility when you do both. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's risky, really, to um, open yourself up to receive. I'm sure we've all had experiences with people where we opened ourselves up to receive, and maybe it wasn't so great. Um, and I think, for me anyway, I experienced that I have to keep learning that my higher power, while my higher power, of course, works through people, my higher power is also greater than just 
than people and uh, that it's always good and it's not ever going to give me, you know, the thing I don't want. It's always going to give me love, but it's risky. Do you think that's have you do you see that any or do you have you had that experience that it's risky to open yourself up to to let your higher power love you or I mean Well, I'll share with you what my experience has been with on that. When I was younger, when I was a child, we look and I look towards my parents to to provide um emotional, physical, psychological, um and basically general nurturing to so so we can be built up and, and and feel like we are unconditionally loved by our parents all right and a lot of us come from a background where that might not have happened there may have been alcoholism addiction violence there may have been been just people who are really sick that hurt us and when it comes to looking at God, who's that authority who's supposed to provide us with the same things, we're not going to trust him. Mm-hmm. Or at least that's, that's my experience. And it just took me a long, long time before I came to the, to the realization that, that, that I can trust in God and that God is faithful and that God wants what's best for me. And he, and. He'll give it. He'll be that source. What were some of the things that have helped you along the way with that? And I and I know, sir, for me, that's certainly, I'm always in process with that. That's for sure. Um, and probably you are, too. I think we all are. I'll, I'll make that assumption. But what are some things that have helped you learn to trust, Bob, to trust well, God? It's, it's still a challenge at times, depending on where I'm at with God and my spirituality, but but what I had to do, um, and this wasn't all that long ago, is that I had to go see a psychologist um, who helped me with t- trauma, and she used EMDR. And what that did to me, it basically shifted the filter that I look at life through, and it helps me open up to receive the love of God, and let him reveal himself to me through his mercy and grace. That's powerful. And EMDR is a, is a technique. Um, I know that um, it is very powerful. Like I said, it helps people deal with trauma. So is it like when you, when you worked with the psychologist that it, it helped you differentiate between whoever or however it was that you got traumatized in God or you could see that God's bigger than, than that, than that trauma, that's not the only reality? Or how would you frame that? How, how did the shift happen? You know what? There's a mystery about that for me when I um, had the EMDR experience. I don't know how it worked. I just know that it worked. And I'm not a psychologist, but what it did, it brought me to face the things in my life where I experience trauma. And we all have our own definition of trauma. Mine might not be what yours is. But, but to take a look at the trauma and how I developed as a person using attitudes and behavior that, that helped me to survive at an early age, literally survive, but now that I'm an adult are working against me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Make sense? Yeah, and a lot of times I know, uh, I've certainly you know, read this in uh, 12-step literature, and, and I've sure experienced it myself, that you know, what, we, what as adults are our character defects, as the 12-steps call them, are, are the defense mechanisms run amok. So like you said, as kids, I mean, thank goodness, they helped us literally survive, sometimes physically, and emotionally and psychologically and spiritually, but as adults, yeah, they get, you know, they, as you said earlier, they run amok or they, you know, they kind of, you're, you're in a different place now. And so they become liabilities instead of assets. It's time to let them go. Absolutely. But just to be honest, when you ask about the EMDR, EMDR, I have to say, I don't know. It's a mystery, but it worked. And I'm grateful I had the opportunity to do it. 
Absolutely. Yeah, and thanks for uh, sharing with us about that because it is, it's like anything that helps us, I think, get into who we really are and uh, experience that healing power. And for people, there are all kinds of techniques, different things work for different people. But the, the key is that we get past or see, get, you know, get to face that trauma and see in my language that God is bigger than that, that that wasn't all there was to us and it wasn't all there is to the world. Yep, and another thing I'd like to add on that before we jump back to 6 and 7 is that as a result of the 12 steps and as a result of the EMDR and as, as a result of the people who are around me that love me, God is revealing to me things that I never knew about nature and my nature. Hang on, this is a great thought. It's time for our break, but we'll be right back and we'll complete this. Stay with us, listeners, here on Spirit of Recovery. We'll be right back with my guest, Bob A., talking about grace, mercy, and transformation. Chris Michaels, host of Healing Your Life on Unity Online Radio, is an author, life coach, national speaker, and the founder and spiritual director of the Center for Spiritual Living in Kansas City, Missouri. Through his writing, coaching, and speaking, Chris has helped thousands of people understand the basic spiritual principles that govern our lives. In his book, Your Soul's Assignment, he reminds us that we each have something to do here on Earth, a unique purpose to our lives. If you're interested in discerning what is yours to do, are looking for practical spiritual principles to inspire your life, or coaching to provide you with the tools to live more fully, visit Chris's website at www.chrismichaels.net. That's www.chrismichaels.net. Is there a difference between the spiritual teachings you know and how you live your life? Does your day-to-day experience reflect what you truly value? Are you ready to receive your life and live the gift that you are? Join Janice Campbell, licensed Unity teacher, author, and coach each week as she shares inspiration and tools to help you identify and dissolve the limiting beliefs that prevent you from living the fullest expression of what you are. Talk with Janice live every Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Central on Receive Your Life, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. You're listening to Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet with your host, Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D. And now, here's Anna. Welcome back to the Spirit of Recovery. We're very glad that you're listening with us today. And if you're just joining us, our topic is grace, mercy, and transformation, the healing power of steps 6 and 7 of the 12 steps. And 6 and 7 are the steps where we become entirely ready and ask our higher power to remove from us those things that are blocking our good and the fullness of our lives. My guest is Bob A. Bob has worked in the addiction treatment field for over 25 years in a variety of roles. Um, He has a special interest in people with a dual diagnosis of hepatitis C and addiction and has um, created a treatment track for that dual diagnosis. And he also uh, works in development and fundraising and does a lot of uh, just volunteer speaking for schools and churches and all kinds of groups. And so we're just blessed to have Bob with us today. So, Bob, before the break, you were telling us about how uh, through the love of people, through work with a psychologist, through dealing with uh, some trauma in your own history, um, that you have discovered some new depths about yourself and the presence of your higher power in your life. So how, how has all this affected you? What's, what's happening in your life today? How are you uh, today that's, that's really uh, the result of doing that work? with your higher power and and all the avenues of help available. All right, and I'll sum that up. I'm able to trust more. Um, I know that God wants to reveal himself to me 
in a way that's going to bring me closer to him, bring me closer to people, and more important, or maybe just important, is to bring me closer to myself. And and I, the fact that I can trust God to remove those defects of character is something I can look people in the eye and say, I trust God to do that and to do it on his time frame and to do it to help me to to align my will with his. Oh, that's powerful. I appreciate you sharing that with us. And uh, it's, it's really hopeful and does open up so much uh, space and so much inspiration for uh, people in recovery that we can build that trust. We, and through all these ways, you know, we can, and like you said, we can find ourselves and, and participate in life. Um, one thing that you talked about with us, Bob, is, is on 6 and 7, is that you said we can work them also in those steps in a circular nature. What do you mean by that? I'd be glad to explain that, but I have one more thing to stay, say about step seven. Is All right, the good. Big, the big book provides us with a seventh-step prayer. And I know people who have done this, and I've done this, is that I write that prayer in my own words in a way that is meaningful to me so I can go to God and ask him to remove those. I would recommend to not use the words in the book, but to do words that are going to hit home with you and that you're more comfortable with talking to God about. And and the important so, thing to do afterwards is to say that prayer out loud. And I think when we say it out loud, we bring it home, and sometimes it's good to say that prayer with somebody else because it really gives it weight and validity. You're sharing something very special, and it's pretty much sacred space. The, the other thing on step six and seven, and then we'll go to the circular nature, is that at this point, it quits being about us, all right? And step seven, the, the prayer says that, that now I'm able to do things uh, to benefit my, my, my brothers and to benefit God. I don't have the exact language here, but, but it quits being about us. It gets to be about other people, our relationships with them, our relationship with God, and, and the proportion of self to spirit starts to get reduced. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, now, now right. the circle. Now the circular nature that we've <laughs> we're circling around to the circular nature. Here we go. Exactly. I apologize for going off um, on tangents. At oh no, I... those weren't tangents. No, it's great. It's good stuff. No, thank you. Okay, back to steps six and seven. Um, if you could do this exercise with me, Anna, I think it All would right. help. So if if you could grab a piece of paper. All right. And if that you one. can, and and if you can make a list, um, a column, so to speak, of a couple of your character defects. Oh no! Okay. <laughs> yep. Yep. Even, right. even reverence, even 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 really spiritual people have those, and I think you know that. And I'll <laughs> I'll give up some of mine too. Right. So, so what character defects have blocked you from God? Just a couple. Of them. Okay. One word. One word. Uh, one. Just do, one. Over being over responsible. Uh, minding other people's business. Um, fear. Uh, low self esteem. Okay. I'm going to give you some of mine. Oh, good. All Here right. We go. All right. Fear. Mm-hmm. Um. Resentments or being resentful. Um, what's another one of my character defects? I judge people. I pass judgments like like I'm a court appointed person, and I judge people, and and um, that's just something that hasn't worked for me in the past. Now, right next to that list of 
character defects or things you find objectionable to write the spiritual opposite of the character defect. So why don't you do that with your list and I'll do that with mine. All right. That feels great. Just just writing them, it just feels wonderful. Opens up space. So when I put the op- the spiritual opposite of being over-responsible is trusting God and knowing that God's in charge of the universe and my life and everybody's life. Um, the opposite of minding others' business for me is to value my own life. Um, the opposite of fear for me is love and trust. And the opposite of low self-esteem uh, for me is to value um, my life and that it's a gift from God and uh, to know that I'm worthy of living this life I've been given. All right. And that's the spiritual opposite. I'm going to add mine on to that. Okay. I struggle with fear. And my uh, spiritual opposite of that is like yours. It's love. It's also... Being able to uh, forgive, mm-hmm. that would also be the fear. And the other one is resentment. And I kind of dropped the ball on, the, on uh, the last one because forgiveness is the spiritual opposite of resentment. Mm-hmm. And I think another one for me is pride. Mm-hmm. No, I know another one for me is pride, and I can practice the spiritual opposite of being humble and having humility. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now I want you to take a look at your list of spiritual opposites. All right. Are you looking at them? Yep, I'm looking at them. Okay. In steps six, when you're becoming ready to have God remove those defects of character, The spiritual opposites is what we need to look at practicing on a day-by-day basis. And trust me, life will throw you curves that you will have an opportunity to practice those spiritual opposites or the way we we react to those curves. Mm -hmm. And when you look at the character defect, that's, uh, that's the heavy lifting. And we need to leave the heavy lifting to God. Mm, mm-hmm. Does that make so sense? I, I don't have to throw those off. I just need to do my best to practice the spiritual opposites. Is that what you're saying? Exactly. And I'll give you an example, and I think we can all relate to this. I can relate to it by living in Philly, is that um, when I'm driving my car on the freeways here, and, and, and people cut in front of me or do whatever they do on the roads in Philly. I won't even go into that. But, but instead of judging those people and wishing them harm, what my role, my spiritual opposite, would be that God give them everything that I would want for myself today and know that they are unconditional children of God. And I have no business judging them, because if I'm judging them, I'm living in pride. And and that just kills me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, that's great. That's, that's an example. Good. That's good. So what happens for you if you practice that as regularly as you can, try to do it on a daily basis? What starts to happen? Well, that's where I was going to go next. I just love it. You're reading my mind. Okay, I'm reading your mind. All right. By practicing these spiritual opposites, they become habits to us. They become second nature. They they begin to be what we default to, all right? And, And that only when that starts to happen will we release our grip on our character defects so God can take them away. And that's the beauty of it, is that practicing those spiritual opposite, it loosens our grip on our character defects so God can do his heavy lifting. That's beautiful. Wow, I love it. So it's it's like you're, even though there's not a lot uh, written, as you said, in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous about step six and seven, it sounds like really 
this is a great idea of, of how we really can live and work this. Um, it's not just, okay, God, take it away in magic tricks. It's about, like you said, it's like practicing these opposites. I love this. I'm going to go. Yep. I'm going to use this. I'm going to use this, Bob. I like this. Well, well, that's okay. I stole it from a couple guys named Joe and Charlie. So, so if it's worth saying, it's worth stealing, as they say. It is. It's good. Yeah, ab- absolutely. And back to the uh, back to being on the freeway. At the beginning of that that process, you may make a gesture with your hand, or you may make a gesture with your head. And if you practice that spiritual opposite. How could I phrase this? Both hands stay on the steering wheel. If that's you get good. my, that's good. If Unfortunately, you, our time is up. But that's a good right. image. That's a good image. We can keep it. Both hands on the wheel. No nasty gestures. I like it. Exactly. Bob, thank you so much for being with us today. Uh, it's just been great. Thank you for sharing your heart and all your experience. You have blessed us today. Thank all of you for listening. Uh, be with us. Uh, Next week, we'll be back and having another great program here on Spirit of Recovery. Have a blessed week. Thank you for listening to Spirit of Recovery with Rev. Anna Schaus, Ph.D., and her guests. Join Anna and her guests live every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Central Time for down-to-earth ideas about keeping spirituality at the heart of your recovery. This program is brought to you in part by Soul Matters Ministry in Olympia, Washington. Committed to bringing light to the soul. Online at soulmatters-spiritworks.org. Winfrey says that Eric Butterworth's book, Discover the Power Within You, changed her perspective on life and religion. Maya Angelou quotes Emily Cady's Lessons in Truth as she recalls her own spiritual awakening. What do these books have in common? They are Unity Classics. Join Rev. Laura Beth Gilbreth, Minister of Unity Transformation, Thursdays at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, for Hooked on Classics, exploring Unity's classic books. Each month, you'll be able to follow along and contribute your thoughts, questions, and ideas as we examine a different classic Unity book. From Charles and Myrtle Fillmore to Eric Butterworth, Emily Cady, and beyond, experience the foundational teachings of Unity. Hooked on Classics, exploring Unity's classic books. Thursdays on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. In quiet moments of prayer, let go of any concern. Anchor your trust deep in the realization that with God all things are possible. Never doubt it for a single moment. This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity. You've seen reality TV. Well, now get ready for reality radio. It's raw, unpredictable, and completely unscripted. Healing Your Life with Dr. Chris Michaels follows the lives of four people each season as they face their fears and overcome challenges. Listen in weekly and follow along as they take each faithful step on their journey. Learn what it takes to really heal your life. Dr. Chris Michaels shows you how to expect specific and measurable results from prayer. He says we must place a demand upon consciousness. We don't hope to get what we pray for. We expect it. As a 25-year veteran in the New Thought Movement, Dr. Chris has helped thousands of people find their way to success and healing. His faith is unshakable, and his commitment to helping others heal through the power of prayer is extraordinary. Don't miss Reality Radio, Healing Your Life with Dr. Chris Michaels, live Mondays at 11 a.m. Central Time on Unity Online Radio. Are you tired of life slamming the door in your face? 
Did you get another rejection letter, pink slip, foreclosure notice, or go on yet another bad date? Does it seem like the older you get, the more hopeless life seems? Are you ready to stop taking no as your final answer? Then join us for Design Your Life, a talk show by Kevin Cottrell Ross, the coach's coach. Go into the locker room for one full hour with the championship coach every week and start designing your winning playbook that will make the rest of your life the best of your life. That's Design Your Life with Kevin Cottrell Ross, the coach's coach, Wednesdays at 4 p.m. Central Time on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. I'm Michelle Phillips, a celebrity makeup artist, beauty expert, self-confidence coach, and Hay House author. My podcast, Beauty and Beyond, is the place for women navigating the challenges of the aging process. Listen in for my professional advice, as well as my expert guests, as we share valuable tips, practical tools, and empowering resources to help you not only look amazing, but also live an amazing life part of the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network and available wherever you get your podcasts.